say, leave them. They can join themselves back where? In society. Think about it as you think this morning. The heart of thanksgiving. There were ten. One out of the ten says, wait a minute. We no longer going to live in this colony of leper no more. We can now rejoin our family. We can enjoy society again. And you know what that one did? Went and found Jesus. Went and he found Jesus. And he has a heart of gratitude. A heart of thanksgiving. And he tell him how happy and thankful that he is. And Jesus says, man, Jesus was moved. He says, because of that, you are now made what? Whole. But another statement Jesus used. He says, wasn't that 10 of you I cleansed? So what happened to the other nine? Sometimes God does something great for us and we forgot. In this season, in this season here, let us be thankful. We have come true. A tough time. We have come through the season of coronavirus. Let us be thankful. There may be people under my voice that had had this disease and God healed you. We need to be thankful. We need to have a heart of thanksgiving. There are people I'm speaking to. I've never been touched by this deadly disease. That has taken the life of so many people. And fear and dread is still being released upon the land. Yet God has kept you and I to move about. Because I move about. You move about. I move about freely. Bro. I have peace, my friend. I have perfect peace. But I'm thankful. I have a heart of what? Thanksgiving. I thank you, Lord. That sickness and disease has no place in my life. I thank you, Lord, that every day of my life, you give unto me health. You give unto me strength. You give unto me knowledge. You give unto me understanding. I thank you, Lord, for this day that I'm able to lift up my voice and give you praise and give you thanks for all that you have done for me. I thank you, Lord, for my family. I thank you for this great country, United States of America, that you have given me to live in and enjoy the blessing. We gotta be what? Thankful. Go ahead, Diane. Yeah, and that all it ties together with the with the praise. It ties together with the prayer, with the fasting and the thanksgiving. It all ties together. And it's really the meat of it is there, right there again in Philippians chapter four. Yeah. Where verse four tells us to rejoice in the Lord. Always. Always. Again, I say to you, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, we have a lot of heartache. We have a lot of turbulation in our mind. Well, how do we guard against this? 
He's giving us the recipe right here in Philippians chapter 4. He's telling us what to do. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say to you, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So in the midst of the darkest hour, is there anything praiseworthy that you can meditate on? Is there anything that you can turn your attention to to give praise unto God? The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. And the God of peace will be with you. So he's telling us, Paul's telling us, and we got to think about who Paul was when he was Saul. Imagine the torment that will follow a man who went out, killed Christians, persecuted the church of Christ, doing everything against Christ. And he has this encounter with the Spirit of God. And he, his whole life changed, goes in the whole opposite direction now. He was destroying those who have followed Christ. Now he's in a position where he's, he is um, building up. He's edifying the body of Christ. He's building a ministry. He's teaching people about Christ. But all those years before, he was out taking captive women, children, killing people who were following Christ, standing there. Why, Stephen, who was an amazing disciple, doing the things, taking care of the widows and such, doing great things for the kingdom of God. Right there, they're throwing Stephen's clothes at his feet while he's being stoned. And Saul's right there, just going along with it. And now he has this conversion How much guilt and shame could the devil be putting on this man every moment of every day? So he's the one that's telling us here how to operate in the peace that surpasses all understanding, how to guard your heart and your mind. He's telling us how to have the God of peace with us, a man who's been through by his own action. Yes. And he's telling us what to do. So I don't think there's too many of us here gathered today that have been out murdering people, (laughs) taking women and children captive who have been doing complete anarchy against the kingdom of God. And that man is telling us how that we can cleanse, our conscience can be cleansed, how we could choose our meditations, how to bring forth the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. So I I, I'm going to take his advice. Of course. <laughs> it worked for you. <laughs> if there's any advice you need to take, is a man that has gone through it and win. Mm-hmm. He went through it and he won. Win. Win. This guy won. Mm-hmm. That's why I love his writing because he writes out of is experience how God what works. Mm-hmm. And if you follow, 
like I say in my book, if you follow a winner, you will win. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to follow a winner. <laughs> Paul is a winner. <laughs> Yeah, and then he's out, he's doing all these things, yeah. and he's never consequenced. When he's no. out killing, persecuting, yeah. no consequences. But as soon as he starts preaching this gospel, yes. he's, ta he's yeah. taking captive. <laughs> all these things start happening in his life. But he continues to meditate on the yeah. things that are praiseworthy. He continues to operate in the light of the revelation of which he received from Jesus Christ. In verse 11, he says, now, now he says, not that I speak in regard to need, need. for I have learned in whatever state I am uh, to be winner. content. The guy's he a has winner. learned <laughs> the guy's a winner. what to do. <laughs> and then in verse 13, he says, I can do all things Come on. through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things. I who was a murderer. I who was persecuting the church. I who was living a hot mess. I can do now all things. Through Christ Jesus, who strengthens me, I can operate in the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I can have the peace of God to guard my heart and mind. Make your day count. Thank you for tuning in to the Make Your Day Count broadcast with Pastor Errol Beckford, Senior Pastor of Celebration Tabernacle Church in the beautiful city of Coco. For more information on this broadcast, please contact us at 321 638-0381. Tune in tomorrow to hear more about how you can make your day count. You're listening to 91.5 FM and 102.3 FM. This is Brevard County's home for the very best in contemporary Christian and modern praise and worship music. WMI. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy a special message recorded live at East Coast Christian Center. Hello, everybody. Wow, it is the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it is. Uh, it's an Advent season. Advent means coming. Christ came. He'll come again. And he loves to come again and again. Every invitation we give him. And we have invited him here today to be enthroned upon our praises, haven't we? And so our King Jesus is what this whole season is about, and we're going to get right into it. I am honored to share today uh, on the greatest story ever told. Um, how awesome did our lobbies and our stages look all around our locations? Can we just give a round of applause to the team that did all that? Man, thank you for your hard work, guys. It's beautiful. And uh, speaking of a team, none of this stuff happens uh, alone. It takes a team. And that's really honestly biblical. The Bible says that the whole body does its, every member does its share and it causes the whole body to grow. We have a team that helps us come up with content. Um, Pastor Matt and Jessica lead that team and they worked really hard on this sermon series for Christmas called The Greatest Story Ever Told. And basically the idea was to take great stories, not the greatest, but great ones of our time and tell the greatest story of all time. And one of those is actually the Polar Express. So we're going to look at some pictures here. I'm going to kind of catch up to speed. How many of you today have seen the Polar Express? Just a show of hands. All our locations. Awesome. A lot of you. Most of you. Um, it's been around a little while. movie came out in 2004, but the book is from the 80s. It's a children's book. It was turned into more of a grown-ups movie, to be honest with you. It's a little intense. Can I get an amen? Uh, my seven-year-old was clinging to me as we watched this, like, Dad, hold me. And so uh, it's, it's pretty intense, but it's an awesome movie. Basically, the Polar Express driven by the conductor who's played by Tom Hanks is a high-speed train 
that shows up in front of children's homes on Christmas Eve and then whisks them away on an exciting journey to the North Pole. And basically the issue is that they're helping these children with issues of faith and of belief that they're dealing with at Christmas. And uh, we're going to show a picture of three of the kids that are kind of the central figures of the story. But each of these kids has to grapple with their own ability of whether they're going to believe or not. And whether that's believing in Santa or believing in people or believing in themselves and their own leadership. And there are some great lessons and illustrations, but one of the great takeaways that I really love is this analogy of the train. You know, I think it was Rascal Flatts that said, life is a highway, right? But I really think it's more of a train because we're really not in control, are we? <laughs> and so this conductor shows up and he says, all aboard! And you know, the kids get the choice whether they're gonna take that step of faith and get on the train. And uh, I, I think that really speaks to us. But one of the kids in the movie, it really spoke to me a lot. And I think this is a, a great lesson for us as Christ followers. And his name is Know-It-All. That's literally his name. We don't know his first name. But here's a picture of him getting his golden ticket. And uh, the ticket is stamped by the conductor with the lesson he needs to learn. And it says, learn. And, you know, in this movie, um, he's taught that, you know, all of this head knowledge that he has about Santa and the North Pole and the train and all the facts and the data that he's able to spit out really don't actually matter that much. What he really needs is to learn. And see, this know-it-all mindset is just like the hotels in Bethlehem in the real Christmas story. There's no room for Jesus when you're a know-it-all. And I don't wanna be a know-it-all. I wanna be a learn-it-all, don't you? And that is really the best way to approach a story like Christmas. Um, there's a song, Isaac Watts wrote it, and it was actually not originally written as a Christmas song. It was written as a regular every day of the week hymn called Joy to the World. And my favorite line in the whole song is, let every heart prepare him room. That's because Jesus won't fit in our heads. He's much too big for that. The smartest brain on the whole entire universe in all of time could never contain the wonder of the greatest story ever told, and that is Jesus coming to the earth as a man to rescue us and save us. And so I wanna just invite us all, whether you're online, you're in Vieira, you're at the Avenue here in Merritt Island, Parkway, all of our locations, would you just pray with me right off of that line of that song? Let's just pray together. Hmm. Jesus, there is room in our hearts for you right now. Let every heart listening, mine included, prepare you room, Jesus. And God, if we need to make room right now, we do it. We are emptying ourselves right now of all stress, of all distraction, fear, anger, resentment, disappointment, pride, or pretension. Jesus, come and fill every space of every room, of every heart. You are what this season is about, and you are what all of life is about. Our Jesus, be glorified in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.